these beaches are officially closing for today. That means absolutely no more swimming. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Michael Kaczmar. Welcome to Lifeguards Off-Duty with Dr. Michael Kaczmar. Today's date is April the 12th, the year of our Lord, 2023 A.D. You know what A.D. is? After Domino. After, yes, right. Anyway, thank you for tuning in today. I appreciate it. Uh, And uh, we have have the whole crew here today. We have Tyler. Tyler, you want to say hello? How y'all doing? Tyler, and we have uh, Sean. What's up, guys? Good. And this is a live show, so sometimes we have some you know, problems and, and difficulties, so you have to bear with us, but we're pretty good. Tyler, you don't have the, um, what do you call it up We're getting there? it. The, uh, our marquee there. So this is a... Uh, you, you used to hate that. Uh, well, but we need information the there. Jeremy, so anyway, well, now well, I grew, now I love it. Well, I still do hate <laughs> it. And Jeremy complimented it, and it was like, oh, maybe it's not that bad. So we, we're a, um, a uh, lifeguard... Uh, Sometimes politics, but we're a lifeguard uh, a video podcast. And uh, as you can see on our screen up here, if you're on if you're on um, Spotify or uh, Apple Podcasts, we're also on YouTube, uh, Rumble, and uh, you, uh, Twitch and t- Twitch, t- Twitter and Twitch. And what else are we on? Facebook. We're the we're the we're only over thing the on the internet actually. So just right, check us out. Right. So anyway, uh, and that's it. Today we have a great show, and this was put together today by who's going to take over, Sean or? Uh, we're Tyler. both. We're, yes. we're all three of us are here. All right. So who who wants to start? So this is lifeguard you news. S- you tell us who you want to start. I'm uh, just kidding. There you all go. Right, yeah. We'll start with you. <laughs> here you go. So let's start. Uh, our says homes falling into the ocean in North Carolina. Wow. You, you can let me lead with the headlines, guys. I got ahead. this. Go uh, yeah, homes falling into the water in North Carolina. So this is in the town of Rodanthe, which is on the Outer Banks, uh, which are kind of arranged in like a crescent shape. That juts out into the Atlantic Ocean, and Rodanthe is right on the tip of that crescent. Um, and just their videos and pictures came out last weekend about of homes literally falling into the ocean because the ocean is coming up so close to basically their front door. Been going um, on for a while, though, right? I mean, yeah. So I've been this watching has this been for years and so years. So this has been going on since the 1980s. Since then, the shoreline has retreated uh, hundreds of yards. So I have a little graphic here that'll show that. So right here, if you can see, catch, is where the shoreline was in the 1980s. And now it's all the way up here. So that's at least two, 300 yards. And you can see it's kind of extreme. 1946, it was only probably 50 or so yards farther than it was in 1980. And then between 1980 and 1997, it's like double that. Yeah, but look at all, look at um, but, but look at all, it's not too bad in here. 2020, 2012 didn't really move that much. At some point, the the elevation's got to go up. Right, right, right. The well, elevation you know, of what? Well, here, yeah. like the landmass that that right, is right. Being so eroded. is this? So here's the thing: is this erosion or is this high level water? Well, there's a there's a few things that might be going on now. Might? This has been happening at how? All right, what would you say based on this graph? What is the average feet per year that the beach? I don't is being know, but let, let me step back and say I need the information. I want to know. Well, here's what I would. No, here's what I would want to know: how high from sea level? What it was? What the sea level was here, in that location? See where it says 1946, right in that geographic location. What was the depth of the ocean there? And or you know, so you got you got the sea level, which is it's a, it, it's a barrier island. It's all sea no, but, level. No, but I'm, but no, 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 it's not. Is sea level? The idea is that sea level around the world is rising, which is kind of like a, a really, not, not a really accurate way because you have tides. You, you know, in Seaside Heights where we work, one, uh, the tide rises and falls six foot. So now, in, now that average six foot, you have to calculate 20 years ago, was that six foot the same or did, has it gone down and the six foot is still six foot, but it's now the, the water level has gone down a foot. Yes, so the, t- so the tides are, st- yeah. the ocean levels subject to change, Cash. No, no, but what I'm saying is, no, you missed my point. You got, you have two things going on here. You could have beach erosion, which will give you the impression of the water coming up closer, or, or give you the actuality, the water coming up closer to the houses. That's, so ex- actually erosion of the beach, yes. sand. 
Okay, this is that's abs- one. This is absolutely beach erosion. Okay, the second he, thing. He's not disputing that. No, no. The second thing I'm saying is that you have a lot of people are saying because of climate change, you have elevation of the water, the level of water. That will give you the same uh, effect as beach erosion because now the water. The, the, yes. Right? So what are you talking about? Well, so I'm, I'm just saying is, is this more beach erosion or is this more elevation of the water that everybody's saying, you know, we have climate change? That's all I'm asking. It's di- well, it's difficult to tell exactly. Obviously, if it were, I think they're definitely one of the same. I don't know if why. No, they're not. Exactly. No, they're not. Well, that's no, they're not. No, well, two different all right, things. Well, let me. I got this story. Yeah. And, so yeah, you, you having? Yeah, I just wanted to ask you. That's all. Yeah. Um, if it were solely down to climate change, we would definitely see this extreme of a situation everywhere in the world, right? If the ocean were all rising at the same rate all at the same time, we'd see something similar happening in seaside heights. So obviously, it's not just climate change because it's so extreme the fact that it's happening at 14 feet per year obviously it's like beach erosion too that has to do with other things that aren't climate change right so right right now obviously like we've now established a lot of people are claiming that this has to do with rising sea levels which are some of the hallmark systems of the warming planet however there are other takes some people blame the construction um, and maintenance of Highway 12, which is the highway that links mainland North Carolina to the Outer Banks, Islands, and Peninsulas. Uh, this is an expert from an article. from Actually, this article we're looking at right here the North, from the North Carolina rabbit hole saying uh, to keep, and this is, this is another possible explanation for what's going on here with these homes, but to keep Highway 12 open, you have to keep rebuilding it after storms along with the dunes that protect it in really vulnerable areas where nature wants to cut an inlet. One of those places is just north of Rodanthe in an area known as S-curves, and keeping erosion at bay in one place usually worsens it somewhere else. Basically meaning that by bringing sand over to where the bridge is vulnerable, they're causing an adverse effect lower down. Yeah, well, why is this house circled in red there? So this is because this house is like two feet. This is, let's see. That's this house. So I'm going to tell you, uh, you know, and I understand what you're saying, but I get So look at this. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So take a look at Sandy Hook, which is where we live. Sandy Hook. You ever hear, you know where Sandy Hook is, right? Mm -hmm. So it sticks out into Hudson River, Hudson Bay. And um, if you look at that time lapse, you take a picture of that. They have. They they got a picture of that every year. And you go back 70 years, 100 years, and look at the hook. It changes like it goes up, it goes down, it goes in, it goes out. So sand shift, and it's, that's not an abnormal thing, you know. And, exactly. Uh, but, but this is interesting. I mean, my, I think, so what's the point of the whole, what, what's their uh, argument here, uh, you know, about this, that just things are getting, you know, the erosion is getting worse and worse yeah, in this one area? the erosion is getting worse. Locals want something done about it, but it's basically a losing battle. You know, um, is this Trump's fault here or what? Yeah, probably. Uh, <laughs> Trump did this. So they've looked into into doing these um, beach replen- replenishment programs in 2013. Yeah. They did a study. Yeah. The result of that study was uh, the necessity for a 20 million dollar project, which would then have to continue into you know the indefinite future to basically save the beach. I'm against beach erosion. After watching what it did to Seaside. I, beach um, replenishment, I just, you beach, mean? Yeah, beach replenishment. Um, yeah, well, I'm also against beach erosion. <laughs> <laughs> not a fan of either, yeah. to be honest. Well, but they, after watching what it did to Seaside, I'm just not a fan well, of the whole so thing. So, yeah, and, that, and that's the Ooh. whole argument is are we going to take – and also much of Rodanthe is privately owned, so they don't have access to these federal public funds that are used for these kinds of projects, so they'd have to raise the money by themselves. And on top of that – the only real semi-permanent solution to this would be some sort of beach or uh, sand holding structure, so a jetty or a pier or something along those lines, and those aren't even allowed in North Carolina. So it's really like a no-win situation, and people are paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to get their house lifted and move it back a couple hundred feet only for the shoreline to get there in five, ten years. Yeah, well, that's been the uh, uh, that's the that's the fate or the uh, uh, um, scenario. Of people who live right on the ocean. Well, like it, you said, um, it's a barrier island, so it's meant to shift and morph. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. the whole 
basically point is it protects protects yeah. the coastline in a way. You know, I, I read a little bit uh, of of interesting history about Highway yeah. 12 and why there are so many homes built on this basically piece of sand that was never supposed to host anything permanent. And basically, what happened was they built this highway with the intention of populating all the because they were just the the outer banks were just these basically sand islands. There was nothing to them. But they thought that back in the past, there was a lot of vegetation and dune grass and trees and stuff that held the island in. Yeah. And that's what they were attempting to do. They were going to go in and plant all that stuff so the islands became more permanent, and it just never really happened. Uh, and, and now you, we're dealing with... So is it climate change? Probably. Is it beach ro erosion? Absolutely. But is it also the result of just poor municipal planning and building in places where we shouldn't be building. Yeah, it's probably a little bit of everything. And I can tell you right now, the you know, I I, I, I was down in um, British Virgin Islands in June, last June, and, and there's a, I went to Anagata Island. There's this big resort there, and it's gone. I mean, it's still there, but it's abandoned, and the ocean is just uh, hitting it. And they put bags of sand and everything. It's just eroding it, and it's just collapsing into the water. I mean, you're going to have give and take. I, you know, the, the political thing is, you know, climate change and the oceans are rising. It's going to cause all this problem. And and, and there's a good point. Uh, it, it's hard to um, feel sorry for these people who, you know, have these, you know, $5 million houses. The sad thing is here is that, and this has been going on for years and years in this country, you know, you have um, you have the uh, uh, FEMA and, uh, and, and people pay money for having the insurance. And there's people who have had their houses, you know, knocked down uh, four or five times from hurricanes and the government's been paying for it. You know, and how does that, how, how's that fair? You know, I think that um, my whole thing about this is, is I'll give you, look at New Jersey, look at Cape uh, Wildwood. Wildwood's a great example. Wildwood, if you look at where the boardwalk is, it's about a mile now. I don't know, it's pretty close to a mile from where the boardwalk is to the beach, to the water line. It's been growing. You guys, do you know that? I mean, if you know no, that. I didn't know that. I know that it's okay. massive. It's massive. I've known it's like it, a it, really it, long they, beach. They actually have, in the summer, they actually have taxis that'll drive you from the <laughs> boardwalk to the beach. And it's and all sand? It's all sand. And I, I don't know why they just don't reclaim it, you know, build the boardwalk closer and just sell all that, you know, build houses there. there uh, so it is interesting. Now, you talk about, we have firsthand a witness of uh, beachville punishment and they did uh, our area from point pleasant to uh, barnegat bay which is about 20 miles and uh they got beautiful dunes uh, but they did the same thing north of point pleasant inlet up to um, sandy hook and they did that 30 years ago 20 years you know and that's uh you know lo they're losing ground again so i don't know what the answer is it's a lot of money what did it cost i mean it's, it's it's hundreds of millions if not billions of dollars to do this and like you said is it worth it and what are you going to do it's it's sad i feel bad for the places in uh in um uh the pacific where people are losing their home like islands these people who live in these uh, isolated islands and they're really getting in trouble and uh you know it's all playing but anyway that's just my thought i'm not too sure what to say about it other than you know, I wouldn't. I would not build on the ocean. I mean, you got to be crazy. Yeah, and that's the thing. You see these. Uh, I drive uh, to work through Manaloking a lot down 35, and these are full-blown resorts. Oh, they're right, huge right up on the ocean. And yeah. Sandy happened. They got destroyed, yeah. and people just came in yeah. and built right back up. Yeah, yeah. It's a weird obsession we have with wanting to live directly on the beach, it, knowing that the timeline isn't too long for that house to be around. You know, I, I mean, I I live at the beach. You know, it's right, right. it's a weird feeling sometimes right, right. knowing like. Well, there uh, used to be there used to be an inlet half a block right, from right, my right, house. Right. Well, if you want to be that the opened back up during right. Sandy, if, if you want to be the I just told everybody where I live. Yeah, if you want to be the uh, <laughs> if you want to be the proletarian, you know, and that's the boot and, and the bourgeois. You know, I mean, they those people those houses on the on the ocean in, in Bayhead are probably ten million and up, maybe ten to fifteen million. And that's just crazy money. And I don't know if they, if that thing gets wiped off the face of the earth by another storm, those people have the money to just, you know, rebuild if they want. It's crazy. It really is. Or like some sick insurance policy, right? Uh, yeah, they may be. But anyway, that's a pretty interesting article. I think, I don't know what to make of it other than, you know, it's been going on for a long time. I can't, I still, it's not to me conclusive proof of um, climate change causing well, no, this. Well, and, no, and that's why I made a point to point out 
the shape of those outer banks and yeah. where Rodanthe sits on that, which yeah. is right at the point, you know, so it would make sense. Yeah, and if this was a court of law, I would say I have reasonable doubt and I have to, you know, have reasonable but doubt. But it's not. It's just the internet. All right. <laughs> There's a forest fire in Manchester. Oh, wow. Did you hear about that? Uh, is it forced fire or is it, or is it uh, uh, what do you call it, burning? Forced? Uh, it's not a... Um, it's not a control Have you not? Uh, are you not... I saw the smoke and everything. I didn't know. Yeah, I've been... Listen, I used to... Okay, keep... And I'll tell you this, but I, I'll give you my perspective on this. Okay, so the blaze in Manchester near yeah. Joint Base McGuire-Dicks, Lakehurst. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's forced the evacuation of 170 homes. People were uh, being held in Manchester High School. But... Yeah. So they say it started at McGuire, and the military couldn't contain it, and then it spread from there. But it's pretty serious. Sean, what'd you say? Like three thousand acres? Last yeah, when I was looking stuff up about it, it was about three thousand acres of uh, fire uh, burn site. I right. went to the gym this morning. You could smell you it. You know the, the one that you don't go to anymore. Yeah, I smelled it this morning or last night. I smelled it. Yeah. I went to the yeah. pool. <laughs> hey, I'll be there. Yeah, so uh, okay. But no, as I'm getting out of my car, not only did I smell it. There was at, like white ash snowing right. from the sky, pretty much, right. and char li- little bits of char right. over the parking lot. Right, so I could smell it in seaside. Right, right, it's actually healthy for the pine barrens to burn. Do you know that? Well, yeah. there's. Did you know that there's no. fifteen hundred wildfires in New Jersey every year? Yes, yeah, and, and and you're gonna have you're gonna continue having because here's the deal: um, the pine ba- the pines right are made to sustain fire, and when fire, uh, if you look at the bark of a pine tree. It's multiple layers. It's like taking a bunch of, like, 100 newspapers and piling them together. And if you threw them in a fire and let it burn for a while, you take them out. The inside f- newspapers would not even be touched. So that's how the bark is on a pine tree. The problem with pine trees is that oak trees will uh, go in, you know, encroach upon them and take over. So you'll have, little, you'll have these little uh, oak trees and other trees. So a fire goes through, it burns all the oak trees and kills all the seedlings, and it, and it gives the uh, pine trees, a, 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 you know, a, a better environment. Also, the pine trees, the pine cones. You ever see the pine cone? You got to get a pine cone. They're they're really hard. The heat from the um, fire uh, opens up the pine cones, and then the seeds float down. So after the fire is gone. The soil now has is uh, re- enriched with this uh, burn material. So would you say that how dry pine needles get on the yeah, forest yeah, floor yeah, is yeah, a yeah, function yeah, of yeah, that? Yeah, So you have, and in, in fact, I re- so that's number one. So that's normal, and that is healthy. And what they usually do to stop this is they have controlled burns. And they usually start now, so they probably, it probably got ahead. They, I don't think they were well, yeah, cause, because so April hot in the wind. is the most... It's so it, hot it's, too. It, yeah, it's the it's the right, most vulnerable right. time for forest right. fires in this now, state. Now I'll give you one other. I'll give you two two things. First of all, the I used to I read this and I don't know how true it is, but they said the American Indians would do controlled burns. Hmm. They weren't that you know they weren't dumb. They, and what they would do is they would burn down tons of forest out in the Midwest, and so they get the grass growing. And why do you think they did that? Any idea? For Come on, Sean. There you go for the buffalo, and it w- so what they did is they would get these beautiful grass areas, and it was fifty million buffalo. They say so they would sit around, wait, you know, get the get the grass, and they w- and the buffalo would come to them, and they would you know kill as many as they can, and they could live off that for a long time. Now I'll give you one other story where we are today, this location, right? You talk about f- fires, so people who don't know, we're sitting here in Tom's River, to to the um, west of me right now is Ocean County College and, and the dump. There's, a, there's an old dump there. I watched, when I was going to Ocean County College in 1978, 77, 78, 79, there was a forest fire that blew through this property right here. My pine trees in the back are still burnt. It was a wall of fire. It went from the dump over here, the wind blew it, and it just it went all the way through here, all the way to the bay. I saw that. I remember, I mean, it was like, a, you know, and this property where we're on right now, it blew right through here. It, you know, and you can still see the trees back there that were burned, mm-hmm. the big pine trees. So it's, it's been going on for years and years and years. You, the problem is, is that there's so many houses now that are built that, uh, you know, they get in the way. You need to do the control burn around here. But that's interesting. I smelt the smoke. But it's, it, uh, that's why I'm not, like, I'm not following. It's I, every, my th- 30, 40 years around here. It seems like every summer uh, you get these burns. But, yeah, so... Uh, but, last, it's, but it's helpful, though. Last uh, I could 
see is that it's about 60% contained at the moment. Uh, actually, fellow Heights guard and friend of the podcast, Nico DeVoe, was up all night fighting it. Mm. Like I said, is, they... Uh, which is pretty impressive. I, I don't I know. I saw some crazy videos. I don't know how much money they have for <clears throat> uh, controlled burn, but and what they do too is they have this machine. It's a um, like a little bulldozer, and it's got a, a look. You ever see when they plow a field? You know they got a thing that that make, that tills the sa- soil. So they drive through the woods and they make these little gullies. Yeah, and they supposedly sp- stop the fire too. Mm-hmm. You know, if you go in the woods and run run the run the trails back there, did you ever see them, Sean, oh. when you're running? You know, like uh, little, no. the little, like the little gullies. They 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 do that all throughout so. the pine barrens. You see yeah. those? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. Well, it's it's that's something again. That's that's we see quite a bit of. So, that's interesting. I feel bad for the people there. They, anybody lose their homes? They burned down or no? People were evacuated, but I don't think any homes were lost. Okay, good. My mom okay. lives in Manchester. I call I called her at like six thirty this morning. I was like, did did you have to evacuate? What's going on? I actually woke her up. I felt bad. <laughs> Uh, it's going to be an El Nino summer. A super El Nino. A super El Nino. So what does that mean for, for me? I don't, you know, I know I always get them confused. Well, Australia's Bureau of Meteorology said in a Tuesday update that all seven climate models it had surveyed, including those from weather agencies in the UK, Japan, and the US, showed sea surface temperatures passing El Nino threshold by August. And they concluded that there is a 50% chance of this happening before the end of the year. Uh, what does that mean? Warm summer. So the last extreme El Nino in 2016 helped push global temperatures to the highest on record. So some of the possible consequences of this event could be extreme drought, floods, heat waves, or storms. And this wow. also comes off the back of Three consecutive La Nina years, which pestilence, is also known as a triple dip. Pestilence, locusts, what else? What did you say? Oh, the, uh, the, the <laughs> seven signs wow. of the apocalypse or so, something. What is that? So the we're going to have warm, four horsemen wa- of the apocalypse. Wa- warm water or warm air? So the same for the Northeast. Uh, it's warm water. But what part of the world? Like United States? It affects global. It pl- oh, okay. Yeah, well, it affects we can't, the entire you know, world. Yeah, we, you know, I want, all I care about is New Jersey right now. I wonder how it's going to be. <laughs> So, yeah, well, how's, how's the surf going to be in the heights this summer? Right? That's all we care about. But, what, you know, I wanted to, I have it on my other computer. I didn't bring it up here. Uh, I don't know if I could go get it real quick, but we have the blob. There's, there's new things about the blob coming in off of Florida. I saw the blob. Um, yeah, yeah. So when we, when we were, you know, diddling around in the water in Key Biscayne, you could see it a little bit. It was actually oh. up. It was up on the, oh, right. on the beach. It smelled gross. Yeah. It looked like crap. Yeah. Felt gross. Yeah. And then as we were taking off out of Fort Lauderdale, I didn't have a window seat, but I caught a glimpse as we were banking, and it was just this massive... You know, I had I had this great idea. Island. I, I, uh, Ava was watching a movie where these, these things come out of the ground, like they grab you. So I was well, thinking... What is that? Uh, I don't know. I was thinking... Tremors? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was thinking... You know, you should have it. Should have done a thing there. You walking along the beach, the blob. You would have said yes and, to any and, movie. And you, you have this like fake thing come out and grab you, and you get sucked into the blob, <laughs> get killed. But now they listen. They have it in California, but not the same thing. It's the um, blue blob. It's these small, like they look like jellyfish, and they're inundating uh, California coast. So they got their own thing. This thing is um, uh, going to be bad. It's going to really affect tourism. And it's really hard to get rid of. I don't know where they're at with it. It's so Florida, where, where were you? Miami. So you saw it on the beach. So I, well, I How, saw it on the beach in Key Biscayne, which is just south of Miami. And yeah, as I was flying out of. Did Florida, it disrupt Florida. the swimming for people? Did it? You know, was no. it that bad? No, it wasn't that bad. I don't. I, they're gonna. You know, it's a lot of maintenance. They got to get the trucks out every morning, clean it, it up. Oh, and, it stinks. And that's right. Wait, oh. They did. You're, now oh. that you mentioned the truck, oh. they had a truck going right down the water. It barely yeah. picked anything up, though. No. Do we know um, if the Gulf Stream is going to take this up the coast at all, or is that not a thing? That's a good point, Sean. It will. It probably will be. But the, get remember, the Gulf Stream is about two hundred miles off of New Jersey. You know where you know where it cascades into? It actually goes all the way up and hits Rhode Island. That's why Rhode Island has some of the most warm water. You know, I mean, you go to Maine, it's freezing, but Rhode Island, so the Gulf Stream ends up there. Um, but you'll get these. You know what an eddy is? An eddy. So if you know water dynamics, you know, you got a stream, you might have like a part that breaks off. It's a circle, you know, and they call it an, an, an eddy. 
and that that could come off and and bring stuff with it to us. So it, it, it depends. You know, I don't know what will will cause that to happen. But possibly. Yeah, possibly. And you know, you're right. It, it could be out there, and then the you know storm. A northeast blows that sh- stuff in. Doesn't even have to be the whole water column. It could be just the top. So yeah, we could get it. If we get it, man. That'd, that'd be a, that'd be you know, uh, that'd be tough. But we're uh, you know that's one thing about us, as opposed to I think Florida. You know, we would we have the ability to clean that up real quick. Uh, for, you know, New Jersey's I think a little bit different in that regard. You what, know, do you, the, what do you mean? Well, I th- well it's a, down there the is beaches infrastructure. No, no, no. Listen to me. The beaches. I uh, should put it. I'll, I'll be more clear. The beaches down there are state, you know, mostly state-owned, and it's free. And here, these beaches are are municipality-owned, and they're making big money, one million, two million, for the beach for the towns. So if anything jeopardizes that, they're going to be on top of that big time. Uh, you know, I mean, in Florida, if it's on Miami Beach, yeah, it's an inconvenience. They want to take care of it, but I don't know how much resources they're going to throw at it, and whether or not the money's there. You know, and it's big too. You're talking big areas here. Every town will, you know, will, will deal with it. They don't want to let it go. I, I, I tell you, I remember 4th of July weekend, there was a fog, foggy day, and a boat, a big old, it was a big boat. It was like a 45-foot fishing boat. It was kind of older, and they got in trouble, and they, the guys ran it onto the beach. This is 4th of July night. So not the day, you know, the 3rd, going into 4th. I, 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 and, I, and I saw this. I got pictures of it. They went down. Right, the boat was you know it was kind of low tide. They got a bulldozer, just crushed that boat into pieces, picked up the engines, took it to the Herring Avenue, got it off the beach like that. It smelled a little of diesel oil. They didn't want to risk having that on the beach. Oh man, we opened up right on time. Yeah. <laughs> like it was almost like uh, uh, what's that? Gotta uh, make the money. Jaws, you know, with Jaws, you get rid of the body, clean everything up, and that was it. So they're not gonna they're not gonna let anything go. So you know. But anyway, I just thought I have it on my computer. I don't think you really care, you know, too much. But that's that's an interesting thing in the, in the thing. So so, what is this now about the El Nino? So we are we going to have more? Are we going to have more hurricanes? You think? I don't know. I, I would I would say that you're the uh, amateur meteorologist in the room. Well, I don't know. You know, I I have I had to say what I have not been. I haven't watched the. Um, you know, the whole, uh, they, they, they usually predict the hurricane season, right? You know, they've done it already. I haven't seen the predictions yet. I, I feel know. like every year you hear it's going to be like the worst hurricane season for h- however long and Some, how many years, every is. time. I know, I, but like, I feel like every year the prediction's awful and scary. Uh, all, all I know is my buddy, uh, Alex, uh, lived through and stayed through and, and, and was there for Irma when it hit Tortola. And I got pictures of it. And I saw it a month after, and that was 185 miles an hour, six hours one way, 185 mile an hour another way, you know, because it comes north, northeast, and then north, uh, west. And then there was a hundreds of tornadoes associated with that. And I saw the destruction. I tell you what, man, whew, I never, I never seen. I mean, that was amazing to me. It's, 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 it's until you see it, you can't believe it. And if that ever hit. Like I don't know when the last time it, that was a Category Five. Where did did it Category Five hit Florida? I mean, uh, uh, Texas or wasn't that a five or a four? I don't know. Katrina is what you're talking about. That was New Orleans. No, no. But I'm I'm saying since then has it. I, I don't know when the last will category. But I'm telling you, if we have, if the if a Category Five hits a populated area, even if it was New York City, I mean, it'd be bad. It'd be there'd be destruction like you wouldn't believe. Did you say even if it was New York City, like if a well, it's buildings and everything. No, I know, but like if a if a Category Five hurricane hit even New York City, it would be bad. Yeah, I feel like it'd be. You would think it'd be protected. If it happened in no, New York no, City. but if you think, well, I'm just saying, it's the buildings. You know, I mean, <laughs> like no. they don't have the infrastructure to like deal with hurricanes. Yeah, but you would think they're though, never prepared. You would think, yeah, but you would think those buildings are. I mean, are concrete. Well, uh, they're, they I would don't. handle it. Where was like that crazy flooding during Sandy in New York City? Oh, it was, was all subways. It was all over Jersey City. Yeah, I think the Lincoln Tunnel was full. I don't no, know. It was bad. Hoboken gets. Bad with yeah, the it was flooding. bad, and that was that was uh, Sandy, and that was just a, that was the um, that was just the it? storm surge, right? So, yeah, with a with a hurricane, you get three things: you get you get the uh, wind, which is very bad, mm-hmm. could be, you got the storm surge, you know, which is which is really bad, and then you got the rain. You yeah. know, I mean, and so every every hurricane is different. You know what's interesting is how people from different places are differently equipped for natural disasters. Like if a tornado hit New York City. 
people would be in a full-blown panic. Yeah, but, that's what I'm saying. Like, but, he said but, it wouldn't be an issue. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm but, saying from the infrastructure. So I'm talking about from the structural, the buildings. I think that, like, Tortola, when it got hit, right, it gets hit with a regular hurricane. The buildings, the, the, it's like three foot concrete. You know, I mean, they're, they're, they're made for it. I think if a, you know, when Hurricane when Irma hit, yeah, if I mean, a it was category a five hurricane hit New York City, I'd be afraid of buildings falling down. I feel like a I lot think of, it would be. I I like a lot I, that's what I'm saying. Down. I said even even New York City would probably be devastated. You know, buildings would be down. I mean, it would be really bad. The wind and the tornadoes that gets involved—that's the key. Think about it. when's the last time a tornado hit. One hit Jackson. Last yeah, week. no, but last I'm talking. <laughs> I'm talking about a, a 280 mile an hour hurricane tornado. That's a real estate. We had little, you know. My, so it's not, you don't get them in this part of the country. But I never knew this. With a f- Category 5 hurricane, which was Irma, it was it had associated with it a ton, hundreds of tornadoes. I never knew that. Now, I don't know if that's consistent or uh, all, all the time with a hurricane of that level. But when I went back to Tortola, I saw boats 100 feet up in the, in the mountains. And I'm like, how'd that happen? Was there a surge? Because, you know, 185, 185 mile an hour winds is, is a lot. But... To move a 50-ton boat, I don't know, you know. And so they, what they said, and you could see, it, they said it was, the, it was the tornadoes. And you could see the houses. They have houses there. I've been in them. They're two to three foot thick concrete walls. And they have the roof that are made out of uh, 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 metal, but it, they're tied in and, con- and cemented into the walls. What happened there is the tornadoes hit such a uh, change of temper- uh, pressure, it blew the windows out. And then it stirred everything inside, and, and a lot of the roofs blew out. And you can see it was only certain houses where the, where the tornado went. I'm yeah. telling you, it's just like crazy. So if you had a Category 5, yeah, it would, de- it would be, like, unbelievable for New York City. For sure. For sure. I mean, yeah. you know, like, at, like a hydrogen bond kind of, you know, stuff. And, I mean, I don't know if they, and would, they get, would they be able to get everybody out of New York City. How many people live in Manhattan or the Bronx? I mean, just the general area. I, I eight million? Know, why would I know? Probably, I would say probably five to eight million. Five sounds right. I don't. Okay, I don't know. so I know I know in Spider Man, the the Sam Raimi Tommy McGuire movie. Okay, right, right. Green so, Goblin played by uh, Willem Dafoe gives right. a speech to Spider Man. They're right, standing right. on top of a building, and he talks about eight million people. Okay, in New York so think, so think about roundabout reference for you th- guys think, to answer the question. Th- think about uh, evacuating that many people. Where are they going to go? New Jersey? That's what I'm saying. Where, where you nonchalantly try to say, like, New York City hitting a hurricane hitting New York City Dad, would you not be this camera on me for, like, 10 minutes. I know. Oh, sorry. Where would you put them? Where would you put them? Where would you put them? Uh, there's, there's an abandoned city in New Jersey that was literally built for this reason that you're actually talking about, not to get too much Wait, of a tangent. There's, there's, like, I'm a fake city, where? I think, near Trenton. Um, there's, like, a here. fake city, like, in Trenton or near Trenton. Never heard of it. Made that. for disasters if they ever struck uh, Philadelphia or New York City, they could house people. Wow, I wouldn't want to live there. Where's that city at? It there, I don't know. You guys keep talking. I'm gonna. There's look yeah. There's this. like an evacuation city uh, designed. It's just housing. I'm pretty sure, and that's just uh, in around Trenton, near Trenton. Anyway, I think that's pretty. It's pretty wild though, if you think about it. But I, I, I could tell you, I, I was in St. Martin. It destroyed the airport, and the biggest thing is it lifted up these boats, and and it, it took um, um, coconut trees. You know, like four or five foot thick coconut trees picked them up and threw them against buildings i mean it picked cars up it's crazy i'm very sure the people who've been in in tornadoes you know will attest to the the power and on top of that think about it you have you have a tornado is bad enough and it kills people and uh, you know but think about tornadoes of that level inside of a hurricane <laughs> think that happens <laughs> that's what happened you had 185 mile an hour sustained winds sean that's your baseline and then in that, you had multiple tornadoes. Do you understand the significance of how crazy that is? I never knew that existed. It sounds, it sounds like Wizard of Oz stuff. Uh, I, and well, it happened, and I saw the res- results of it. And I had people who were there who did see that. And remember when Irma hit? You probably don't remember. I don't even know when Irma was. Ir- Irma was in... Uh, might not have been alive. No, 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 no. no. Irma was uh, 2018. Oh, wow. No, wait, wait. When was Sandy? 2012, 2012? Yeah, it was just, Irma was not that long ago. 18, oh. 19, 20, 22. Yeah, Irma was about 2018. Look it up. I'm guessing 2018, right around there. So it, it, when it hit Florida, it came off of the Caribbean. It devastated St. Martin, um, 
uh, it hit uh, uh, Tortola, uh, St. John, St. Uh, Thomas, tipped uh, the west coast of, of uh, um, Puerto Rico, went up to Florida, went to the west coast of Florida, right? It, and what you know what caused most of the damage with that? There are tornadoes that hit the east coast of Florida. When, when was Irma, did you see? I don't know. It's I 2018, I'm telling you. So it, it, um, it, it, that was something to really think about. Um, so I want to talk about the, uh, the event we're hosting, Ty. And let's talk about also, and, and after that, talk about our, our uh, lifeguard um, uh, class, uh, lifeguard test. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, so over the next uh, few weeks in the buildup to the lifeguards off-duty closed water preseason invitational, Sean and I are going to be highlighting uh, – some events here and there. It would be meticulous to go over them all right now. So today, we're going to talk about the Red Cross lifeguard test, the rock run, and you want to talk about maybe the 50 freestyle yeah, with so, fins? So the event that me and Ty are hosting, it's a, like an unsanctioned, like a uh, life-saving event. Cash, how you doing? Unsanctioned, um, yet fully insured. Let's just point that yeah, out. Yeah, no, just like not an official part of uh, the life-saving sport. Uh, it's a tor- it's a preseason tournament. We we're just aiming for to get people right re- ready for summer. Uh, yeah, we we have this ev- this race that we're dubbing the Red Cross Lifeguard Test, which is a a race designed to mimic the Red Cross standards for lifeguards. It is made of three mo- nonstop legs, similar to a triathlon. Leg one is a water treading portion, followed by a distance swim of two hundred and seventy five yards. The final leg is a block carry to the start. So Basically, like, there's a two minutes where everyone needs to tread water, and then they're going to have to swim a 275-yard in pool, end it with a 25-yard block carry to, like, feel, to uh, mimic a rescue. The you're you going to have age groups, or it's just, it's open? It's open. It's open. So no, 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 I'm not saying you don't going to have, like, you know, scene, like, in the lifeguard, open. like, Why, uh, you, should we make a master's division? You trying no, to compete? no, no. no. No, I'm just asking. No, I'm not, you know. I All mean, open right but, now. Uh, but, you know, USLA if, has, If you we know. get enough old heads that want to compete, we'll make a master's division yeah, sub- for sure. Everything's subject to change right now. Uh, the reason we're calling it the Red Cross test is because the Red Cross standards demands uh, lifeguards be able to swim 300 yards, be able to tread water for two minutes, and do this That's block carry for pool, 25 pool yards. lifeguards. Yeah, so, but we're... we're Making that all one big event for this one race. Okay. Uh, we're trying to see who's uh, who's got what it takes to be the best and win the. We have a golden can that we're right. giving away to wow. the winning team. How big is the golden can? It's the same size as that can right there. Yeah. And it's every not other real can. gold though, right? No. I mean, it could. Well, be. I mean, if you want to pay no, for it, no. we could do real gold. Yeah. No. The next event we have is the Rock Run. So this is a two swimmer race where. Swimmer one will start off of the block and swim to the other end of the pool where swimmer two is waiting with a weighted bag. Both swimmers must move the bag across the bottom of the bank of the pool. So both swimmers have to be touching the bag at the same time for it to move. So if I want to get a breath, I have to go up, come back down, and then we can move it again together. So that's the rock run. That's going to be a fun one. This is, yeah, this is like a, a training exercise used by... Uh, some some people do it in the beach, but like it's a Coast Guard thing, a Navy thing. Just uh, it's a teamwork and breath holding so, exercise. So, so in the pool um, that they're doing it in, what's the deepest? What's how deep is the deep end? Uh, Ten foot? Nine. Nine? You think in the nine? Water? So so they're gonna have to dive. They're gonna have to dive down. So two guys gonna have to dive or girls, whoever. They have to dive down simultaneously, and then push the bag forward. Move, move it. Because mm-hmm. you remember in the pool now. If you go, which way are you going to go? Because if you're going to go... Everything's going back to it. All races end where the, the blocks are. Okay, because that would be good. Because if the bag starts on the shallow end... It does start on the shallow end. Yeah, you want that because then you go downhill. Because the pool is slanted in the middle. That would be tough to pull a bag up. I don't think anybody... <laughs> be, I mean, you'd, you'd, be pu- you'd be pulling these people out. A, a snorkel or uh, any kind of... Um, uh, scuba, no deer, snorkel, sc- scuba deer pl- uh, allowed? Scuba deer. We do have uh, some fin races that we're uh, doing oh. to accommodate ocean lifeguards. Uh, just a 50 freestyle with fins where uh, you just get to race with fins on. We know not everyone is a Olympic swimmer that goes on beach patrol. Some people are just pure athletes and like to have the opportunity to opportunity to prove it. Well, I'm going to declare myself as a scuba expert and, and do that. Expert. I have to do that with uh, scuba gear on. So that, that sounds good. I think that's great. So you got the 
you got the, uh, um, uh, uh, what do you call it, bag. I think I like that bag one. That, that's going to be a good one. Uh, yeah, that's going to be real good. That's yeah, going to be challenging. It's a little bit of Gowdy's. It's a little bit of Coast Guard. That's going to be a tough one. That's going to be a tough one. You're going to get winded, man. You know, the other thing is, so the other one, let me get this straight. You're going to tread water for two minutes. Yes. And then do a 275. Yeah, you're going to end on the shallow end, and then on the way back, there's going to be... Uh, so that's 8, 9, 10, 8, 9, 10, 11 laps. 11 laps. 8 laps is 200 yeah. yards, so you're doing 275. So on the last that's part a, of the... That's a hard... That's a hard... That's a good... That's a good one. The, the last part of the 300, which is a part of the, the Red Cross test, you have to use the brick, which is, again, a part of the Red Cross test, yeah. and, and finish the 25. Yeah. I mean, you know, I used to swim. I mean, I used to do 500 and then 200. 200, uh, you know, is, is a tough race. I mean, you, you know, 50, 100... You could gut it out, and you know, but when you do a two hundred, man, you got it. First of all, you got to know how yeah, to do it. Yeah, this this race gonna is going to end up looking like a sprint, I think. Yeah, uh, this is a fast race. Yeah. Well, 200, two hundred two two seventy five. You know, you're. That's when you're not sprinting anymore. No. With, with the no. Uh, no. With you, the, you can you can sprint, but I mean, most, you got to train. People, most people are not sprinting. If now. you're not a train, if you're not a trained swimmer, you know, or like you're not really. Uh, well, a lot of guys have been swimming all summer. I mean, winter, but you know that. But you, especially with the two minute uh, tread. Yeah. Water tread, it's, it's going to be exhausting. Yeah. I'm excited to see who's. Yeah, who's you're going to start. You're going to start to go in a little. You could go into a little deficit, but that's a good. That's a good one. That's a tough one. So, go ahead. What else? Um, we have a 100 meter ring race, which is just a, another 100 uh, 100 yard ring. It's a uh, swim 100 yard swim, where there's going to be a ring, a hula hoop tied to the bottom of the pool that swimmers have to go through, which is a which is a U.S. Uh, Water life saving sport event that we are. Using. How are you going to tie it down to the bottom? You have any? We have. We're going to have bricks or, or like sandbags or something. Yeah, yeah, we have weights. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so you uh, have you to dive down and go through. Trouble no, I'm just asking. Already? No, no, I'm asking you. I didn't say you didn't. I'm just asking you how. One work. that I'm really excited for is called the line pole. It is a, uh, it's a 50 race where one swimmer with a, a yellow can or like a, a rope can. We'll swim the 25 yards down the pool while someone's behind the block, and that the race starts really when they start pulling them to the deep end, like like pulling the victim and the rescuer on the beach. So the first person to pull their swimmer back to the the start is will be the winner. One just one one person one, pulling. One person. One person. Right. So you know that's a that's a lot of beach patrols do that. That's a. Uh, you know, so a lot of these guys, uh, they practice and they're really good at it. But it's, a lot of times it's more than one pull. It's two guys pulling. And they got, you know, they, they got this whole thing. They wear gloves and everything. Yeah. There's not, is there, so I guess there's enough room there. It's kind of tight in that pool with, area. With the space we're working with, that's why it's a one person. Yeah, pulling. yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be interesting. That would be pretty. So you're going to pull from the shallow end to the, to the deep no, you're, end. You're, you're the person's swimming from the deep to the shallow. Then uh, the person with the rope on the, the land is pulling them to back to the deep end. Okay, deep end. This, you know, you don't want to do it the other way because there's more room in that pool on the shallow end. We need, we need to end with the timers. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Well, there's one person. That's fine. There's enough room for that. You know, you, know, they're very you can move the stuff out of there. There's enough room. Yeah. It, it kind of comes off like a generic swim meet, but it's not. It's, a, it's like designed for lifeguards yeah. uh, to showcase the skills that they've been working on in the summer and how fit they've been during the winter. No, I, I, think it's, I think it's great. I think it's great. I think it's a real good. You're going to compete? Nah, you sh- you, well, you'll be there though, Cash. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the uh, what do you call it? I'll have the bullhorn. You know? No, you don't hey, get the bullhorn. No. You do not get the bullhorn. <laughs> I hey, get the hey, bullhorn. You know, we'll see, we'll see. So what? Um, we'll see how my arms feel. I've been, I've been doing a lot of biking, and um, and that's it. So, to, so how many events then? Uh, we actually also have a, a. There's a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. 12 events. We actually have a row that we're going to try and do, too. There's but also a couple of let, relays. Let, let me ask you this. Before, stop for a second. Uh, but, so you're going to have how many lanes you got there? You got 12 lanes? Yeah, we're going to have six, though, at a time. So we might have heats. Okay. So is this how long you anticipate this whole thing taking? Like, you know, three hour, hours? Hour, hour to three hours. It depends how many uh, teams and heats we have to. Okay. Do. I'm just asking, you know, because that, that push that bag thing could be a long time. You know what I mean? The, the, yeah, and if you get twenty people show up, that's good though. Okay, so what's the, you have a row race now? Yeah, so with the the concept twos that are at the Y, we're having a, an indoor race of fifteen hundred meters. We have an official just there timing people. Ah, uh-huh. okay, so fifteen hundred so yards, fifteen hundred on the concept two for time. How and what's the? Uh, um, okay, so I tell I you, bet I bet the winning score is going to be under three minutes. No, 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 no under five no, minutes. No, fifteen. Wait, wait. So here's what I used to do. We used to do no, 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 no. How many yards? Fifteen hundred. Yeah. Oh, that's nothing. 
That's nothing. What do you we, think? I, no, you should. Well, I'm just telling you. When we trained, and I don't know what they do in college. We, we can only have this so long because we can only have so many right, people right, officiating. Right, right, right. Yeah, because what we used to do is we would do 2,500 yards, try to get under 10 minutes, and then we'd do 5,000 yards under 10 minutes. That used to be how we trained. Oh, and I used to do the concept, too. I mean, it did it for years and years and years. Now, I mean, uh, you know, t- 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 uh, t- 2,500 yards would be, would be um, you know, I mean, it's tough. It's 10 minutes. Do it in 10 minutes. I mean, you could do half. I guess, you know, yeah, one, uh, 1,500, yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, so it'd be half of that. So if two, 2,500 was, no, but you figure 2,500 was uh, uh, under 10 minutes, so you, I guess maybe under try to do it under five. Like I said, the winning score is going to be under five minutes. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't know about under five, but yeah, I guess so. Yeah. It's because yeah. you're not. Yeah, but it's it's going to be cool though. That's going to be a good race. Um, like Sean said, that's just you got to go into the gym and do that with an official. Yeah, one twenty five. You're right. Yeah. No, that's going to be a tough one. That, that's mm-hmm. a good one too. It's going to be a full burnout. I've already yeah. tried it a couple yeah. times. What was your what was your time? Yeah. I didn't do. I was doing it in intervals, so I didn't. You know. Do it you know who's. Speed, you know who's. I was. I was cooking still you know who's an animal on that thing casino (laughs) (laughs) he's old as i am i guarantee you he'll kick the shit out of half the people there he's an animal on that thing i mean i've seen him you know he goes into eight something on 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 a on a i was was in there he's ridiculous i was in there fiddling with it getting ready the other day and he comes up to me he's like hey word of advice bud thing's not gonna row itself (laughs) 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 and then he said and he's he says, tough as nails. And he says, shoes, where, where's shoes been? He hasn't been coming to the pool at all. Mm. He said every time I talked to him, he said he's going to come He back. called me the other day. He's like yelling at me. Let me tell you, I trained with that guy for 30 years. Trust me. I was I dragging. He dragged me. I mean, I, I, we used to train hard, hard, hard. Well, that's really good. That's really, that's really, I liked it. So anything else? So that was it. So the row. We have some stuff about, uh, uh, which is water technology from back in the day. So like ancient People have been swimming for a lot longer than we thought. We used to talk about you. Th- you thought people started swimming after the 1800s, which we well, Atlantic City for yeah. like a for, for like a what do you call it? Yeah, the modern we, the modern day. Disprove that. We're, we're going to continue to also <laughs> not just today. Right, right. You know, they they started to you know they had clothes on. They thought it was you know good exercise. So uh, I still maintain that the natives were surfing canoes. I mean, the Polynesians have been doing it for like ever. Exactly. Uh, Snorkeling dates back about 5,000 years ago. Ty, you want to pull this up for me? on the For sure, dude. Where the, uh, the people of Crete used to use them. They think they... Crete, fa- Crete f- Greeks used snorkels to, to farm sea sponges, which I don't believe, especially um, going by the, these images that we're about to look at. Why? Why don't you believe it? Just It looks more mythical than actual. Maybe there's writings about it. I didn't see anything like that. Look, look at this. Oh, it's a bag filled with air, maybe. Yeah, but it's this is five thousand years ago. Why not? Well, he's got a hat on. I know it's hard to think that he's in the water with a hat on. That, that's you're right. That's actually the issue with this situation. But you know what? I mean, <laughs> there's fish flying around. Listen, well, the hat the hat could uh, be a pair uh, of goggles, couldn't it? Uh, yeah. Well, listen, it might be a ba- bathing cap. Back in the day, that might be a bathing cap. But look, he's got like this this <laughs> fucking bathing cap. He's got. <laughs> He's got like this, like, I thought it was a pottery, some type of like air holder that he's yeah, just sucking bad. out of. It's not a bad idea. Maybe it works, but also, like, how are you going to swim with that? Hey, listen, I, I, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, anything's possible. Listen, they've been, they were doing things back in, what year is this? What, what, they, what year is this supposed to be? This is back 5,000 years, 5, years ago. 5,000 years ago. 3,000 years before your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Well, um, maybe, you know, look at the calves on that guy. Damn. He could swim. Yeah. Uh, Da Vinci was a was a big fan of uh, water, which I I wanted to talk about this guy called Yoshiro Nakamatsu before Da Vinci, right? Because also Ben Franklin was a, was an avid swimmer as well. Which we get out of here, really? Ben Franklin, you didn't know that? Maybe he's a younger man. I mean, I, every time I see him, you know, he's looked like an old geezer. Really, he was an unbelievable individual. Really, he where did he swim at? He swam in Philadelphia all the time. Where in a, in a river? I have to imagine, but uh, it was probably way less grimy back then. Yeah, for sure. Wait, so I'm pulling up Yoshori? Yeah, but uh, uh, Cash, Ben Franklin invented the swim fin. Really? I think I couldn't find it while uh, while I was looking stuff up for today, but um, I think he came up with the idea to conduct electricity while swimming. It was just, which brings me to this point with this Yoshiro guy. Wait, I thought the the swim fin was invented by those sea dog guys, like the first Navy SEALs. Remember that story? No, what are you talking about? 
the, the the surfers and lifeguarders from California that got recruited for the de- the first demolitions team. Maybe they perfected it. You yeah. Know? Maybe they perfected but it. I, Maybe I think that, the, yeah, right. that that's well, that's where Churchill right. fins come from. I think right. probably yeah. is those guys. I know. I know the Ben Franklin swim fin thing from the Franklin Institute in Philly. Gotcha. There's a whole section about it. So you want, you want me to play yeah, this video? Just play. So this Yoshiro guy, I think he'll talk about it. Uh, maybe there's no audio. We won't have the audio, guys. But it's fun. So this dude is like the most one of the most prestigious inventors in the world. Uh, he he invented. He has three thousand patents. He, wow. And because he comes up with the ideas, he, said, wait, 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 wait. he says too yeah, much oxygen is bad wait, for the brain. Yeah. Can you read that? Can you? Um, he doesn't. He thinks when when you can breathe, the the air, the brain doesn't function properly. So like holding your breath, especially for him who has three thousand patents and is invented some incredible stuff. Uh, he invented paper that he can use to write underwater. So while he's swimming, he he can just jot down ideas that he's been thinking about while working out. Uh, this guy's invented the taxi meter. So whenever you go in New York for like a taxi, uh, the 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 thing that tracks the odometer that's that's this guy so just just to summarize what he's saying in this video here he's basically saying that um he submerges himself basically gets himself to the point where he's like half a second from death and that's when his brain has a breakthrough of a new idea good and he thinks <laughs> but this i mean he's invented the taximeter <laughs> the floppy disk the golf putt back machine um, lunar structure technology that's like all theoretical. He's invented military technology and high speed drones. <laughs> hey, I can tell you, there's a thing called shallow water blackout where, you know, thousands of people have died. So, what happens is you stay underwater and, you know, like when you come up, you hyperventilate and you go back down. You got to be careful with the bag when you do that bag race. Oh, yeah. we know. And, yeah. and what happens is that you, your, your oxygen levels go very, very low, like he's talking about. And, but you're, um, but you and you're but you're blowing off CO two. CO two high levels of CO two makes you breathe. So if you blow off the CO two, you don't realize that you're low oxygen and you go dive down again and you pass out in the water and you drown. He's in a pool, so he doesn't worry too much. I'm, I'm, and there's lifeguards there's here too. There's definitely lifeguards there. I was going to make that. Um, yeah. Is this guy still around? You'll you'll hear one day that he freaking dropped. The last patent <laughs> I saw. Yeah, pool. The last <laughs> patent I saw it was in 2021. So he's like he's pretty prolific in Japan. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so he's a famous inventor. Da Vinci, all, on top of Ben Franklin and him, were was an avid swimmer, especially in the Greek times, which you know debunks further the 1800s <laughs> is when we started swimming. Uh, well, you know, I mean, I can tell you all so, I know. So, is, oh, look yes, at that. Who's so, that? So that da, da Vinci. Vinci? Look at this. the rescue. The uh, what's the official name for this? The, the rescue the, donut. The, he uh, the rescue ring, I guess. I this was this was a th- this was a Da Vinci idea. This dude, yeah, was, this he, dude he, was an he alien. Drew, he drew, he drew uh, uh, drawings of planes. So, yeah, what yeah. we're looking at right now for Talk about freaky. Uh, you know, our, that guy was freaky. our listeners is a sketch in the style of Da Vinci because it was sketched by Da Vinci with a identical, like, ring buoy around yeah. a guy right under his right. arm. And it's definitely a male. Definitely a male. <laughs> there are, there yeah. are telltale signs that this is a male we're looking at for sure. They say Da Vinci liked really liked drawing men. Mm. I'm not touching that with a ten foot pole. <laughs> <laughs> um, check out the next one. Thank God for Da Vinci. But they, they, you know, you, you wonder. You talk about aliens or whatever. Yeah, that guy stuff he uh, t- talked about, and and it's amazing. It's like you know he saw the future. He was an alien. Oh yeah, look at that. There you go. See, Things. and they say Ben Franklin invented yeah. this. Yeah. But uh, he, I don't think this ever came about. I think this was just... I that think was for your hands, it looked like. I so think anything w- that he thought of, he just wrote down. Like, he yeah. just drew it, and he made it happen. Yeah, um, That's pretty cool looking. This there. this reminds me of the scene from Batman <sighs> Begins with the... Uh, when he finally gets his cape working, and it's like like a parachute at the time or something. Yeah. It's Shit. it's a very... It's like... How long would you say that is? Like, more than a foot on each finger? It looks like literally, like, creepy, like, bat wings. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. It's, it's a massive uh, hand fin. Super cool. That Da Vinci was drawing about back in the day. Yeah, it's pretty neat. And, and then, then we have scuba equipment yeah. from Da Vinci. He, he, he was on this so much I had to make a whole uh, another document. Whoa. Okay, very cool. So he, so right there, that's the thing on the right is more interesting than the, I think that's a clay, another clay rendition of uh, an air tank. But the thing on the right's really cool. That's a buoy. 
that goes down and brings air. I think one's for going in and one's going out. Go down. Yeah, scroll down. And then it attaches to people. And I think that's another air bladder. Um, the, the thing on the left is a real version of it that's someone else. It's a reproduction. Uh, so this little this little rectangular bit is like someone's head. Into, right into the machine. And the buoy follows you as you go. Oh, it's like a giant snorkel. What's, what's this right here? That Just probably an air, but you know, it opens that, up. You have that. You really like drawing. Uh, no, no. What's it called? But oh you know what? But you know what? You know what that does though? Like when you have an oxygen mask, you have like a balloon that's on the bottom of it. It, it, it so it's a reservoir. So you're not getting the air demanded from. What happens is when you get a, when you put an airbag mask on somebody, there's a balloon, right? There's a pouch that opens up. So instead of breathing directly from the flow. That thing fills up, and you're drawing from the bag, and so you get ahead of it. It's like uh, priming the, you know, like having a reserve. That's pretty interesting. Um, yeah, that's really neat. And that's then really neat. the first goggles was a uh, the first swim goggles were invented by the Persians, and they were made out of uh, turtle shells that were thinned so fine that they were translucent, translucent, and then they polished them to make them even better for seeing. That's not one. That is a. Uh, did I link that? Um, that is a re that is something else. So what where what are these? The per there's no picture of the Persian ones. That's okay. a, the, the the painting's the best re rendition. Uh, but it just tur uh, turtle shells they used to use for goggles, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, Very interesting. Yeah, well, it's pretty. And listen, the Roman Empire, the Greek. And the Roman, they were very highly advanced. You know, it's 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 sad. It lost a lot. Of, it lost a lot of history. A lot of a lot of things were. If you look, I mean, the, the Romans would have invented cement. I know it sounds crazy, but you know, before that they were yeah, taking the rocks. They used the that's how they made right, the aqueducts. They poured cement. And one thing about you know, cement, you know, they kind of figured out Roman cement. What's that? So 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 for the longest time they couldn't yeah. figure out why it was so special, and it could it literally heals itself. Right. So, uh, and you, you know, you have the aqueducts, for example, right, in right. Rome still are still around. there after yeah, how many yeah, thousands yeah, of yeah, years yeah, yeah, yeah. when some of the concrete we make today doesn't even last yeah. 50 years, right? Yeah. So they've been, they finally figured out what's going on. And it's, so they, when you look at a cross section of Roman concrete, it's loosely mixed and you see these pockets of uh, volcanic ash. And well, that's what made it so special, the volcanic so ash. when... The concrete cracks, mm -hmm. water gets in the crack, mm -hmm. it reacts with the volcanic ash, and then expands and fills uh, the crack. Fills it up. That's good. And then it just does that right. over and over. And, and so that's why, especially the Roman concrete you see underwater is rock solid. Right. So let me I'll tell you something about, so Roman concrete, but even concrete and it today. might not just be the volcanic ash. I don't know. No, it might be, but, caught but, out, caught but, out on that one. but cement, you know, so we call it yeah. concrete cement. So if you, if you take and put a pipe in the ground, say filled with water, and pour cement in there, what will happen? Will, well, basically, will the cement cure underneath water? Uh, no, I'm guessing. I don't know. Yeah. It will? Yeah. So what they do is they Dad actually... quizzes us this week. No, but it's interesting because that's one thing. They could put uh, these metal things, these uh, c uh, columns into the, into the ground, into the water... And if you mix cement underneath, it, uh, it, it'll, it'll, it'll harden even without and not without oxygen in the water. Mm -hmm. It's pretty neat. I think that. Um, but what I'm saying is, you know, you see goggles, you see all these things. They they were pretty far advanced. And then if you look at when after the, um, no, yeah, those people aren't any different than us. They just weren't born in the time of iPhones. Like they were still no, no. Ju thinking just as much. But if you look at if you look at mon modern, if you look at chemistry, biology, a lot of chemistry and physics. It was it was back you know the twelfth thirteenth centuries they were doing a lot back then yeah you know, I mean a yeah, real some, lot some would argue we, we've actually stagnated since maybe but I'm just saying a lot of people don't realize a lot of this stuff was 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 invented way back when I just read a great book on how they uh, came about longitude and latitude you know every, the whole world is divided up into grids and you have a grid go from North Pole to South Pole and then one you know, from around the uh, equator and, and, you know, so east to west. And back in the day, uh, you could use the, the stars to see, and uh, but you could only get so far. And one of the things that really was amazing, what brought things about, was to get a watch, a clock, that was accurate and would survive in a ship. 
and they had to actually talk about crowdsource. They did it back in, well, I don't know when it was, and they said, I think it was in England, they said, hey, if anybody can invent, invent this, you get a million dollars or something like that. Good. And somebody came up with the, with, the, uh, with the thought. So here's the thing. You could then look at where the sun is, wherever you are, Right, and if you the sun at at high twelve, it you know it's at the top. If you could use the clock and the sun, you could get your longitude or latitude. So um, it's interesting how it worked out, you know. What I mean, but the, that was the first thing that really had a clock that was accurate. So you leave England, that clock would be you know ticking, and and wherever you are in the world, when it hit twelve o'clock, you know it was twelve o'clock in England. So you know, and that that really helped to to get the, um, the what do you call it, your position. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting stuff, really. It is, you know. Anyway, it's but they had that really a long time ago. You know, I wonder if the guy that invented that was uh, was an avid swimmer, which was something I, like I wanted to go with. That all these people that are heavy thinkers like to spend their time in the water while swimming. Like Da Vinci, like there was a whole thing on Da Vinci where he was just obsessed with fish and watching them and being in the water. Like I wonder if there's something to might be being in water and that, like that weightlessness that like when was he born when was da vinci born do you know uh, pull it up real quick there's like something to that like weightlessness what, what was his year, what not his what was his birthday i mean like, he's what definitely month? after no i want to see if he's pisces just, yeah you want to see if he's a pisces yeah well that's water sign Astrology? When was he born? no when April was he born 15th 1452 look so up, what's pisces look up what was da vinci pisces is march to Zodiac april sign. isn't is he so he was a pisces no i don't know Put down I think a, it changes also. I don't know idea. No, how that no, works. no, no. Yeah, what, what, see, what's their date range He's for Pisces? Aries. He's an Aries. Okay. Cash, uh, what's your zodiac sign? Uh, Pisces, March fifteenth. Oh, he wanted to. Yeah, he just wanted to be the same as Da Vinci. No, no, but I would say water. Like usually, you know, Pisces is the water sign. So you're saying these people are, are water. Uh, I'm a Leo. Ooh, me too. So we got J Lo, Kylie Jenner, Meghan Markle, <laughs> Barack Obama, and Madonna. We got Let's Obama. Go. Yeah. Daniel Radcliffe. There we go. Sandra Bullock. Yeah. What what about you're a Pisces? Yeah, Pisces. Kesha, do you buy into astrology? Because this would be a left turn. I didn't uh I don't know about that. You know? Olivia Rodrigo, Millie Bobby Brown, Rihanna under my I mean everybody Rihanna. has to there's gonna be a certain amount of famous people born, you know, I mean, around the calendar. So I don't know about that. Well, do you believe in luck? You know, you could go down a whole rabbit hole. Do you believe in luck? Yeah, but some people believe like the actual distance yeah. the moon the, had and the gravitational pull from when you were born hey, affects. Does a full moon does a full moon cause a you know, Oh, he might be a we little talk, bit of We a talked about this last week. I know. Boy. We're not gonna get into it. Yeah. <laughs> so all right, here, can you put out what we about got, we got can, into blood bending? Listen, last can week. you um, put out listen, can you put out our test for the seaside speech patrol? Let's put that out. You got the dates, guys? Can you pull the dates up? God, it's definitely at Tom's River Fitness. If anyone's in the area and wants to uh, swim and give it a shot, it's Tom. a 500 swim. Why, why are you looking up Wildwood Beach Patrol, Catch? I'm not. What's that? Over to me. All right. So um, put in. So put in. Uh, put in our, our web. Can you put in our web page up there? I mean, our you know Seaside Heights. So go to Seaside Heights web page on what's on Facebook. Where's the best place for him to go, uh, Tyler? Yes. So we got. We can you. We got to discuss this on. So s people on. Um, our podcast could cool. hear. Okay, so Cesar, well, where are you going? Okay, we're finding it. So Cesa Heights Beach Patrol. We have a Facebook. Can you want to get? You want to uh, say? Uh, Spread Tyler? the word. SHBP is now hiring for the summer of 2023. All certifications and training are paid for, and we offer top pay. 2023 SHBP USLA swim test. 12 p.m. noon Sunday, April 30th, May 7th, May 21st. Tom's River Fitness, Route 37 East. Test will be a 500-meter swim. Any questions, call Captain Rob Connor. The phone number is listed on the Facebook. I'm not going to give it out here because our millions of listeners will spam him. Right, and I think that, um, it, you know, you got to try to do it under, I think it's going to be under 10 minutes. I think our starting pay is $16. I don't think it is. Our starting pay is $16 an hour. Hey, be careful what and, you offer publicly. Catch no, no, that's why I asked Rob. Rob told me. I mean, uh, that's what it is. And um, uh, uh, you, you got a, uh, what do you call it, a lot of, um, we do a lot of, t we work a lot of hours. And uh, it's a great beach to be on. And it's a, you know, you'll work, though. I mean, we get some big crowds. We had, we had a, a guy from India email us asking uh, about swim tests. Really? <laughs> yeah, email, yeah, email uh, us, like, the show. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. We had a, um, 
I remember when there was a lot of Russians coming to and Ukrainians and um, to uh, New Jersey to work in the summer. What do you think stopped that? Uh, when when um, it was a joke. Immigration. No, okay, laws. immigration laws. <laughs> but here's the thing, though. Um, we, we tried to hire you know a couple of these guys. We had one guy show up. And I remember the guy. I liked him. He, damn, he could swim. He was you know kind of remind me of um, uh, Van Stuck there. You know, I mean, he was like skinny, tall, great swimmer. Problem is, his English sucked. So, and I was like, come on, you know, and hey, I, if I figured. You could blow a whistle, that's all well, you really I, need. Well, yeah, you think so. That's what <laughs> I thought, right? So, what happened is he was down the bay the first couple uh, weeks, and there was a heart attack down there. And oh my God, on the radio, you, uh, it was bad. You couldn't understand one thing he said. Uh, you know, the mayor and police came down and go, listen, if you can't have, you got to have somebody who can at least speak a little bit English on the, on the radio, you know, mm. and we tried to train him and he just couldn't, you know, I'd be like, this is a apple. You know, go, <laughs> it was, he was so bad, but it was, it was sad because he was such a great lifeguard where we really had a, a lot of great lifeguards over the years. They would get different people from different parts of the world, come work on the beach and the, the whole Jersey coast. There was a time where we had a lot of Irish and that was great because they speak, speak English. And that's also back in the turn of the century why the Irish, uh, you know, were so successful in the United States because they got the police jobs and the firemen, fire jobs because they could speak English. So they had a heads up on, you know, like my grandfather spoke Russian. Good luck on that, you know, or Polish or the Italians you know, came over here. And, uh, you know, but anyway, it, it, the language thing. So if you, if you, we would love to get somebody, a couple of people on our beach who are bilingual could speak Spanish and English. We really need that. Yeah. We, we need that a Guys, lot. Guys, come check it out. And we, listen, we're, oh, sorry, I didn't interrupt I was you, just going to, go ahead, say, go everyone ahead. like and subscribe, follow us, turn on notifications. Um, I just want to also give a shout out to the Floridian lifeguards. I'm in pain with you. Miami Heat last night lost it for us. I, wow. They let Jimmy Butler down. I'm mourning. <laughs> mm. So listen, everybody, we're gonna we're ready to pack it in. Yeah. This so has listen, been here's the deal. Here's the deal. Uh, don't start. Let's let's talk a couple things. Please go on our YouTube and subscribe to us. I, we just said that. I know. I'll say it again. Hit the like button. You got You got to learn something. You got to say things to people twenty times. <laughs> and like I'm a doctor, right? They got. They've you, all they've yeah. all stopped listening listen, right now. You know, they, you never know. Somebody might pick this up halfway through. You got people come to my office and in the doctor's office, they remember about 10%. Anyway, listen, thank you for tuning in. This is Lifeguards Off Duty with Dr. Michael Katchmar, uh, Sean, and uh, that's Tyler and Sean. What's up? And here's the gang. Please, uh, we'll be here next week, right? We're doing this show on Wednesdays. And uh, send us an email at drkatchmar at iCloud.com. That's drkatchmar at iCloud.com. If you want to talk to us, get on the show. We would love to uh, have some lifeguards. You could Zoom in. Uh, you can call in. Please don't hesitate. We would love to get you on. Thank you very much. Take care. Guys.